On this episode, you'll hear about wellness, fitness, Frenchism, and lifestyle, a Trey fucking chic gangster podcast. Hosted by fitness and wellness French hedonism guru and creator of The Method, The Body, yours truly, Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from Monte Carlo, Monaco. On this show, you'll find a mix of audio entertainment, including listener and audience questions answered about health, wellness, lifestyle, family, and relationships, and my French holistic tips to be healthy, have your best body, and transform both your body and your mindset into the happiest ever, as well as living la belle vie lifestyle like a chic French gangster. I'm Ingrid Delamar Kenny. I'm the CEO and founder of The Method. She's also my wife and she's the smartest woman I've ever met. First of all, she's my mom and she's really cool. She's all that and she's a superhero. Never mind CEO, she's gangster. This is the Pardon My French podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Pardon My French. I am Ingrid Delamar Kenny and I'm live from beautiful Monaco. Today is a different kind of podcast. I've felt like I've need, I needed to speak up again. If you have been listening to this podcast, following my Instagram, you know I'm not one for drama, but I do bring it on when it's necessary, when I need to speak up, when I need to be authentic. This is one of those cases here. You all know about Copy Cow. It's that woman in the diet industry that's copied me a little bit, a lot of bit, over the past few years. I've had some drama with her. Um, and, you know, she hasn't always been so kind to me. She's just slapped me with a seasoned diseased uh, email recently. And I felt like I needed to speak up about that. She has come under fire, apparently, with several Instagram accounts, some anonymous and some not. Um, that she felt were harassing her while the people behind those accounts, now that I've spoken to all of them, but from what I understand and hear, um, just shared other people's experiences with her product, with her as a boss or with her as an individual. Um, I understand that she felt under attack and I understand that maybe their words may have been harsh. She cries cyberbullying. That's not for me to decide. What I know is that I'm not behind it. I don't need to be and I don't appreciate being accused of it simply on the grounds that I have a criminal past. I will not let her intimidate me with uh, moot legal notices or what you call a slap suit. We will explain it today. I invited one of my dear friends, dear follower, who I follow as well, have been following her. She's been following me for about three years since she started using Simply Inulin and sent me a first message telling me how good she felt. We've become friends. She's a powerful defense attorney in the state of Illinois. She doesn't deal with this stupid shit. Usually she deals with very, very high profile criminal um, suits, criminal trials. She's won many um, 12 jury trials and she's very knowledgeable, obviously. I wanted to bring her on, not just to speak about what happened to me, but to empower us. Empower us as women to not be afraid to speak up. During this time of COVID-19, a lot of truth has come up about a lot of people. People have been exposed. 
I'm not saying this is the case here, but I hope that my personal story here and the moral of the story here with someone like my guest, like my very smart guest, will empower you and encourage you, whatever your situation may be, to never be silenced by intimidation, by money, by power, by publicity. Don't be silenced. Be you. Don't be afraid of your truth. Speak up. You're the only one who can fight your battle. So even though a lot of what's happening to this woman is absolutely none of my business and I don't really, you know, have any, I don't know, I don't have any opinion on it other than I am not happy that I got this very disgusting, emotionally charged letter that I cannot believe and that no attorney I've spoken to could believe was signed by an attorney. Um, I won't be silenced. I won't be bullied. I won't be harassed. And I certainly, certainly won't be afraid. That's what this is about. And I guess you could apply this to any kind of situation. Um, So, you know, even if you don't know what the situation is about, you don't know who it's about. I'm certainly not going to give her an audience. I'm not going to mention her name. So if you're here for the drama and you're here for the gossip, maybe don't tune in. Um, I will never mention her simply because I don't feel like giving her any audience, even if it's part of my tribe that just wants to, you know, eavesdrop and kind of see what's happening. There's just no way she's gaining one more follower thanks to me. So please don't ask me who it is. Don't ask me to confirm. I will not. Um... And on this note, let's welcome my wonderful guest who's very busy and I really appreciate that she's decided to join us today to speak to us, um, to reassure us, to empower us with knowledge and tell us our rights. Without further ado, here she is. Hi, Chandra. Hi, how are you, Ingrid? It's so nice to talk to you. I know, it's so nice to talk to you. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on, on very late notice, um, and for doing this with me. No problem. I, I appreciate the opportunity. I do want to just make sure everyone knows that, you know, I'm licensed to practice in Illinois, you know, and federally here. Um, but, you know, I'm just speaking generally on all this. If people have any, you know, specific questions, they should consult an attorney in their area, of course. Okay, yes, this, this disclaimer was necessary. Um, and, and if there's anything that you feel you should add as we go, because I do have some general questions for you, and I do, I do want to help women speak up. And so we'll get to that. But before we do, I have to share our story first and how we met. Yes. And I think that was, was it a little bit more than three years ago or about three years ago? more than three years ago it's been a while it's been a while and I remember you sending me a picture of you and your beautiful son thank you uh and telling me that you were taking in Yolen. yes yes I was and it made a big difference too so that's how you and I became friends over Instagram um and, you know, I never shit on Instagram for that because I've made some of my best friends on Instagram and I've made some incredible connections. 
And so we connected over in Yulin and the fact that you felt so much better on it and you wrote me and we became friends. We started chatting a lot. We have a lot in common. I went to law school. You're a badass attorney. You're very rock chic for anyone that has not seen your picture yet. They need to head to Instagram and see. We're going to put your handle on the show notes. Um, but you're also like ruthless in the courtroom. I was checking you out. So I knew exactly like how to introduce you. You are good. Well, thank you. <laughs> You've I, won you know, many, many jury trials. I've seen that. Yes. And so yes. what, what do you specialize in? I do criminal defense, um, particularly a lot of um, shootings, murders, big drug cases. You know, I've been doing this for over 20 years. So I think you kind of just work your way up, you know, starting with traffic and you kind of go all the way up. So I do a lot of very serious cases with serious consequences. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. I knew that. But I mean, it's amazing because, you know, Everyone has such a prototype idea of what an attorney should look like. And first of all, you don't look like you've been practicing for 20 years because you look like you're 30. So unless you started practicing when you were 10, I don't know. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I've got a lot of Botox and stuff in my face. And I, you know, good skincare. You know how it is. Yeah, so do I. I use I do Botox all the time. You look amazing. You look youthful. You look you look so cool. And I'm sure that a lot of people undermine you when you walk into the courtroom unless they know you by, you know, by your your credentials. But um and we were saying this when we started working on the podcast today, you said that you wanted to give women a voice because very often they are judged for the way they look. And I, I want you to repeat that for everybody. Well, I think that's part of the issue with, with bullying and, and, you know, women in general being afraid to speak up. I think there's a lot of ways that people try to diminish women, um, either because they're intimidated or it makes them uncomfortable. I'm particularly speaking for me. I think a lot is, um, yeah, I don't think I look like the typical attorney. I don't want to look like the typical female attorney, um, you know, or, or any typical anything. I look the way that makes me feel comfortable. But you know, I do think I'm underestimated, which really works to my advantage, actually. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, like most women, it's, you know, I get stuff. I think everyone who is more publicly known where, you know, a lot of my cases are in the media or on paper or on TV and people know me that way. Um, people then feel like they can judge you. And I, I, you know, I get a lot of, why do you have such long hair extensions? Maybe you shouldn't wear as much makeup or your nails are so long and sharp. And yeah, because that's the way I, I, I want to look, you know, and it has nothing to do. But I think women get that a lot because other people feel uncomfortable about it or other people think our lives would be better if, you know, I think a lot of times women change or stay quiet or or look or act the way they're, they think they're supposed to because it just makes everyone else more comfortable. That is so true. And I we did not have this conversation when I came to three years ago. I was devastated because I was getting harassed and bullied on Instagram. And it was the last straw for me when one of the comments brought up my kids. And this comment was ruthless because it brought up not only my criminal record, which you're so aware of. And I think right. anyone in my audience, my family, my, you know, my close one, anyone that actually knows anything about me 
publicly or personally knows I've been to prison and knows my case. But what hurt me more was when this person who I believe is, you know, I, I mean, we know now because of the research that we did at the time legally, um, is now, you know, again, the source of the problem had called my kids fat and saying, well, if the method works so well, and if Simply Inulin works so well, why doesn't she put her fat children on the program? And I came to you at that point and you were like, okay, now kids are involved in this. You have, you know, you have legal, legal uh, resort. And you gave me the name of an attorney in New York City, which we knew the IP was from. Um, and you, you and I didn't share what you just mentioned that you know that you have been judged and you feel like women are often bullied because they the way they look or what they're doing doesn't match with whatever they expect it to look like or to be doing or to be saying correct yes um when i came to you at the time you had a very a very sharp explanation for me on what cyberbullying is and you said I was the victim of it and I was like I'm not going to take this as a victim I want to speak up and I did but because the kids were involved and it was a sensitive issue at the time Dakota was three years ago she was 11 years old and she was chubby and she's not anymore but you know, she was chubby and I didn't want to make a huge deal, even though I reposted the comments, people were appalled and they were, you know, everyone kind of knew who it was coming from. So people were disgusted. Um, but I, I didn't go any further publicly because I wanted to protect the kids from, you know, getting this kind of attention, obviously. Um, and you were very, very particular on what makes the difference between cyberbullying and having a fucking opinion. Correct. Well, you know, I, I mean, I think, you know, speaking in terms generally of what defamation is and slander and libel and things like that, I mean, everyone's entitled to an opinion. You can give an opinion as to anything. You can also, you know, especially products and services. Um, you're entitled to say, I, I use this, or I took this, or I know this person. This is my personal experience with it. This is how it made me feel, or they made me feel. You're allowed to do that. What, what kind of crosses the line into bullying is bringing stuff um, that would be more personal, that, that has nothing to do with it, like, say, with your children. They have nothing to do with, with your business, your product, and, frankly, they have nothing to do with, with, with you. Um, you know, in terms of someone could have attacked you personally, but wh why attack your children? They, they have nothing to do with that. So I think there is a big difference, um, you know, and a lot of people are afraid to speak out because they automatically think, well, if I say something, I could get in trouble or they could sue me. But you're allowed to speak. I do think, you know, contacting someone from a fake account and and criticizing someone's children or someone's appearance or someone's spouse. or I do think that is bullying, and I think that that is something that needs to be dealt with. But simply stating your story um, it is an opinion. You're allowed to state how you feel about something. I mean, that's just the bottom line. True. And if I feel like someone is copying me and I don't name them and I say this person is copying me, what is it? Is it bullying? Well, that's certainly not bullying. I mean, in terms of, say, defamation, it has to be something that's untrue 
or that you should have known or, or were negligent in stating. Um, so, so that is, that's, that's an opinion. I, and I also, you know, I listen to your podcast, of course. I, I, I absolutely know. love listening. I love listening to you. Um, I, like you said, I do think there's something to be said for a woman who is comfortable in herself and knows um, who she is and how she wants to be, regardless of what anyone else says. And, you know, I do listen to your podcast, and not ever in your podcast did I ever hear anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Now it's, it's okay. No worries. We know you're a busy I'm, girl. I'm sitting outside the courthouse to get some peace and quiet this morning, and I guess that's not going to be very peaceful. But it's um, okay, because you know what? That makes it all that much more real. This badass criminal attorney is sitting outside <laughs> the courthouse talking to me. Well, I think, you know, I, I think what, um, you know, I noticed when you, you, you've given your podcast or your opinion on, on social media, you don't name names. You don't specifically state anything. I think you do talk very generally. Um, so I, I don't think it's anything that you're doing that's um, malicious or I, I would never find you malicious in anything that you've said. And I've listened to all of your podcasts. I, you know, you know me. I think you know me pretty well by now, and you have to be a good judge of character. I do get ruthless when I am attacked or when my content is being stolen or when someone is being vile and talking shit about my product just, you know, because it's competition. Competition is healthy and it's fine and it helps me thrive. Even being copied has helped me thrive and move forward. Um, And I do get ruthless in the way that I approach it but never in a defaming type of way. Like I would never mention a professional by their name. I don't even, it is not even in me to mention a company's name or product's name publicly. And I'll tell you why. When I lived in the United States, and I'm part American, part French, there used to be um, car commercials where they would take a Mercedes and let's say a Toyota, and they put them side by side. And they would say, they would show that the Toyota is performing better than the Mercedes. And I was always shocked that they could actually do that because in France, that's illegal. You cannot tear down one brand to bring another brand forward. And somehow, even though I know you can do this in the States, I always found that there's no reason to tear one brand down to bring another up. Now, the person we're talking about is, in my opinion, not even my competition. We're not in the same lane. First of all, she's an extremely public person. She's, you know, a public figure, which I don't consider myself to be. I'm really small compared to her professionally. She's been in the business way longer than I have been. But she's also the owner of a diet in New York City. And what I do has nothing to do with diet. So I don't even consider myself to be in the same lane. Now, what I haven't liked is the fact that I've gotten trolled over the years and I've gotten attacked. And when I went head on, it stopped. That stopped, but the copying took over. And, you know, those are like microaggressions. Right. And I think those microaggressions, in a way, were so beneficial to my business because it kept me on my toes and it kept me moving faster and never looking back and just looking forward. Now, what's just happened to me is crazy. And it's a great opportunity for me to help women that are being silenced. And when I said this to you, you said 
this is very much like women who get raped, but they are not believed and they're being gaslighted. You said it's exactly the same. Yes, exactly. And I, I want to make two points to that, too. When you say that, you know, when you're attacked, you, you get ruthless and stuff, I think there's something to point out there is that, you know, when someone comes at you about your, yourself or your product or, or, you know, your children or whatever, I think always the best way to deal with it is head on and to address the issue. If someone were to say to me, you represented my brother and I'm not, or you represented me, say, and I'm not happy with your performance, instead of just ignoring them and trying to silence them, I think it's more helpful for me personally to address them and say, what are your concerns? What do you think? Let me defend myself. Yes. To just ignore things, I think, makes everything seem more suspicious and makes it seem like you are hiding something, right? So the fact that you come out and you say, I'm not a competitor, my product is totally different, or if someone were to criticize your product to say, okay, I've considered that, but I think you're wrong because of X, Y, and Z, I, you know, people are going to always have different experiences with products, with people, but you can't expect everyone to always love things. So I think when you do get some criticism, um, it's better to face it head on and say, I'm sorry, that happened to you, let's talk about it. Um, so I appreciate that you do address things and you don't sweep them under the rug um, because I think that also really gives you the authenticity um, and it makes you more trustworthy, in my opinion. Um, and I like that. You know, like say your packaging. You'll say, well, this packaging wasn't perfect, so I've changed the packaging. I appreciate that. I think that that's trustworthy and that's what makes people loyal to you. Um, so I, I guess – I, I just want to say, you know, when you say you get ruthless, I think that's necessary. I think you should defend when people attack you. And I do think you also, like you said, women being silenced, it is a, a situation, um, and it's been for years, and I think it's getting better. But women often feel like, because it has been true, that when only one of them come out and say something, um, no one will believe them or no one will take them seriously or who are they to judge. But once one woman is brave enough to come out about anything, whether it's these sexual harassment in workplaces or these sexual assaults of, you know, politicians or whomever, um, you know, or businessmen or whatever, when once one woman comes out, I think that's why we see the floodgate of other people saying, that happened to me, me too, that happened to me. And that's going to happen with anything because, unfortunately, Women don't feel like they'll believe, be believed if it's just one. But if it's several women, then people start to say, oh, well, maybe it's true. There's three or four of them saying it now. And I think that's bullshit. I, 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 that doesn't work that way for men, in my experience. It's true that for us, the power is in numbers. And in this case, I really, really didn't need anybody else to come out. Like, that was my own personal I want to say feud, but it's not even a feud because we never exchanged words, even though I've tried with this person three years ago. Um, and we used to be somewhat friendly before that. The thing is, you know, like this social media is wonderful, but it's also very confusing. And there is a lot of pressure points that people with more of a following or, you know, almost like a sect kind of following or someone with a lot of money. You just are so afraid to be silenced. And what I've heard before we talk about what just happened to me and the season disease, you know, 
fake kind of email I've received. It's not fake, but you, you'll explain and you'll elaborate why I'm saying this. But what's happening here is that this person's been, I think, I don't even want to say attacked. I think what's happened is that a lot of people were trying to uh, have their concerns addressed on her lives and on her social media, and they were being blocked and deleted. And at some point along the way, some people walked away being okay, being silenced because they felt they were all alone. Um, and she's more popular and she has more money and she has more followers. Um, but somewhere along the way, some fake accounts and not fake anonymous accounts were created and were starting to share other people's experiences about, you know, whether it's the diet or the powder that she's selling or, you know, I'm not even exactly sure. And what happened was that one of these accounts was posting daily. And I think some of it was also kind of like probably making fun of her. And I think this is where maybe it, it was a slippery slope for them. Um, but I, I know that the law allows parody as well. So I don't know. I, I won't even discuss what these accounts are doing or not doing. But what happened there was that I was tagged by one of these accounts, which was private. So I followed it so I could see what I was tagged in. And they were just mentioning in your lane. There was nothing attaching me to this person or, you know, just saying, oh, you know, she doesn't like it when people use in your lane. And they tagged me. And I kept on following the account and watched a few of the reports in, you know, in horror, stuff I didn't know. Um, I never communicated with these people. I never had anything to do with it. Long story short, it seemed like everyone wanted to go anonymous. Anyone that was sending their experience, everyone that said they've been blocked by the company or the owner of the company wanted to go anonymous. And at some point, you have to wonder, why is everyone wanting to go anonymous about their truth? Um, well, I and still, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is what I was saying. Like, don't you think if those criticisms were initially addressed, this probably would not have happened. I mean, if, if you're, you know, if these people are trying to get to your lives or whatever and say, Hey, this, this happened to me, or this, this isn't my experience. Wouldn't it have, I think people resorted to that because they got frustrated. They weren't being heard. So I think, you know, like I was saying, when you just address things head on, then I don't think these kind of things happen. You know, do you agree? I agree. And I'm going to play devil's advocate there with, you know, with that woman that felt attacked and now she's crying cyberbullying. Um, she's saying, come to me, but those people say they've tried. And the problem that there is there is that she's feeling attacked. I think that the problem with her, which is where my feud, this feud that I had ongoing with her for the past three years, it becomes very personal as opposed to being simply professional. This is where when someone writes me, for example, the biggest issue in my company is shipping. We have issues with shipping because we're in France and Monaco and we operate out of both countries and we can only use the postal service because every other service is very expensive and sometimes costs more than the product. 
And mm -hmm. what happens with that is sometimes packages can take five weeks to arrive. People are used to Amazon. So they're used to super quick service. And very often they go through my staff and they write to customer service. And I do see some of the emails and sometimes I don't. And my customer service is, you know, my little stuff that you see on my videos. We're not a lot of people. And some of them are French and they literally speak French in English, which is much more straightforward and a lot less American customer service, the customer's always right. It's more like, look, we shipped your stuff. You know, it's handled by the postal system. This is how it is. We cannot, you know, put, you know, put it in a, in a faster plane or make it get you faster. We're very sorry, but this is what it is. And right. people will write to me and say, your customer service is so rude. Or, you know, like, where's my fucking package? And at that point, I try to not get emotional. It's hard because I see yeah. how hard we work. And I know that we're completely sabotaged by the postal system sometimes. Sometimes it's great. Like lately it's been really good. But during COVID-19, it was horrible. And sometimes I got emotional about it. And I think this is when I performed horribly as far as being a professional and answering, answering people's concerns. Because I got emotional because it was COVID-19 and people didn't show empathy and I got mad. And I think that this is where we need to work as professionals to not get emo like emotions involved. And this is what this woman's doing. She's making it a very personal business. It's like, oh, you don't like my product? It's bloating you. It's giving you stomach cramps. That means you're talking bad about me as a person. And that, you know, that's not it. So right. this is where it becomes a tricky situation because as opposed to receiving criticism, opinions, personal experience, now this woman is going live and saying she's being cyberbullied. Maybe the delivery of these accounts is not great. They, they may have said she drinks too much here and there or, you know, and again, those are opinions. Like what do movie stars have to say then when, you know, paparazzis take pictures of them looking horrible or drunk out of their asses like where where do you draw the line between cyberbullying opinions and the fact that you're a public you know persona you're you're a public figure well and as a as a public figure defamation to prove is, is actually more difficult because you have to show malice you have to show that someone was purposely you know, trying to hurt you or affect you or affect your business or, or something along those lines. I mean, that is the, the double-edged sword of social media, isn't it? I think people think they can attack you more personally when you mm -hmm. show your entire life on social media. Yes. You know, I mean, you kind of, you know, you really open yourself up for that. Um, and I think you have to be prepared for that. Now, I don't know what, you know, what these fake accounts said, if they were threatening her, making her feel unsafe. You know, I, I, I would agree none of that is appropriate. But if they were, you know, alleging like I had this issue, or I, that, that's totally different. Um, bullying is, you know, harassment, intent to harass, uh, you know, um, threatening someone, making someone feel unsafe. That's very different than saying, I'm very unhappy with, you, with, with your product or, I'm, you know, I'm very unhappy with the way that you handled this. There, there is, it, a lot of people think there's a fine line, but to me it doesn't really seem that fine. Um, you know, and on the other hand, I, a lot of times it's like, hey, you put yourself out there. You, this, is, this is what happens. You should just deal with it. So kind of resorting to sending cease and desist and all that, um, 
you know, I, I also kind of find that a, a, a weaker way to handle this, you know, but, but I'm saying that not knowing what kind of messages were put out there. I, I don't really know. I've not seen these anonymous or fake accounts. So I, I don't didn't know. follow the whole thing. I didn't see all of them. Um, I saw, I started kind of watching from far away when they tagged me because I kind of like, I was upset that I was being mixed in there. And I even wrote to them and I said, you know, I've had an ongoing issue with this person. Can you like avoid bringing me up, please? And they were like, okay, no problem. And they never brought me up again. Um, well, and I, I mean, when I, kind of... I'm sorry, go ahead. I mean, and when, and when they did bring me up, all they were saying is that I was like her nemesis and that she hates when people take in your lane. And that was, you know, it wasn't bad. I just, you know, they asked me also because I had made a very public post when my kids had been called fat by these boats, these fake accounts that, you know, we kind of know who they were, who was from. And they were like, can we share that? And I said, no, my kids are involved. You should not share that. And they respected that. Now, I didn't see everything from day one. I think I arrived very late in the game because those accounts disappeared um, shortly thereafter. I will say that no one deserves to feel unsafe. No one's kids right. should ever be brought up, ever. Children should be safe. And also, I have to say, like, I, you know, I chose to do this, but my kids didn't choose this. They, they don't want to be, you know, I mean, I put them on my Instagram, but very often I ask them for permission. If they don't like it, I don't post it. But they didn't ask for this. So I don't think it's okay for anyone to mention my kids, her kids, or, you know, to bring up personal things that have nothing to do with the issue. I think that what happens when you're a public figure, and I'm much smaller than she is, but I'm public, you know, my, my account's public, it's verified. You put yourself in a predicament where people think they know you. They know your kids by their names. They know your dogs by their names. They kind of know a little bit of what your house looks like. They think they see all of your life. They might not see all of it. Like I often say, you know, you don't see my whole life. You see 15 minutes of my life. But the problem comes in where, you know, people feel like they know you and they judge you. They have an opinion about you. And I know people have an opinion about me. Um, it does make me feel unsafe sometimes, but not where anyone's doing anything illegal. When you do this kind of job, you put yourself in a predicament that can be uncomfortable. Right. So, right. you know, but I did want to make a point that I don't think it's okay to bully anyone. And I don't think it's okay to bring up the kids if they were brought up. I'm not saying they were. I don't know if her kids were brought up. Um, what I do want to say is that I know from also having gone to law school um, that it's not okay to send a season disease to someone you suspect because and solely because this person doesn't like you, you don't like that person, but especially because this person has a criminal record. And that's what they did to me. Um, I have a lot of... So Ingrid, let's talk about this... Um cease and desist yes so when you sent that to me um i took a look at it and you know i it i think it fails in some areas and like i said before i don't 
typically handle cease and desist and, you know, First Amendment law or things of that nature, but, but I do have common sense. Um, and, you know, typically what the a cease and desist would say is a description of the false statements. Okay. I did not see anywhere where it said anything um, about what false statements you particularly made. Um, I know, you know, from her videos that she's alleging other people have made false statements or that people have attacked her. Um, but in no way did that letter tie you to any of that stuff. I mean, I think, and you and I were joking, you know, people, unless you can prove that someone's acting on your behalf, you're asking them to do something, they're somehow linked to you, um, you know, you're not the, like, um, Charles Manson leader of the people, you know, getting people to do all this stuff, getting people no. to do all this stuff on your behalf. And I don't know that they would be able um, to prove that, but they didn't give a description of the false statements. Um, they didn't actually, typically, it will explain why the statements are false that were made. Mm -hmm. um, and I also, the, the portion where they speak about your uh, criminal case and your criminal history, one, it was incomplete. I, you know, I know that you had appealed and, and uh, ended up, you know, winning, um, so to speak, in the end of all that. And, of course, it neglected to, to give the full truth. But it... I don't know how that is relevant. In the cease and desist that I have ever seen, and I actually looked up a lot um, of case law and stuff uh, when you had sent me that, um, they, they don't talk about anyone's criminal history. And the fact that they're trying to tie that somehow and say that penalties could be enhanced because you've done that before, I could find nowhere in New York law where that, that would be true. I don't see anywhere where your history which you've been totally upfront about, um, would have anything to do with this. So I found that um, to be more of a personal attack, I, I think. I think it was a silencing attack. And to be clear, I have not done this before. My case, which you're right, I appealed um, and I won and was exonerated and, and released from prison, um, did not appear, which I felt was, and I know, from my legal knowledge, that's completely illegal what they've done on, on this season disease. But also my case had nothing to do with harassment or creating fake accounts to, you know, falsely attack somebody or harass somebody. Like my case had nothing to do with that. My case was about selling jeans on the internet and non-delivery of goods. So I don't understand and I mean this is something she has done personally before to me when I came out with a new lane she had self-crowned herself the fiber queen and she was extremely upset that she felt she could discredit my integrity in business was by saying well this girl is an ex-felon and she has no integrity and you should not trust her powder for this reason because she went to jail and I don't understand how me selling jeans on the internet and possibly not delivering them, which now is no longer in question because I am out of prison. It was 12 years ago. I won my appeal. I was released. I'm a stand-up citizen. Um, you know, I, I'm very transparent. I shouldn't even have to say any of this or even defend myself. And that, that's what you said and what my attorney said. He said, well, here, you don't need to defend yourself. The burden of proof is on her and there's nothing there. But... Right. Um, the using my past is literally as if they took, I guess, an aspect of my face I wouldn't like and used it against me to tear me down. Like this is a way of saying, if you 
speak about me again, I will bring up again the fact that you went to prison. And I'm like, bitch, everyone knows I went to prison. Like, that doesn't make me guilty of anything. And and it's old news. We've heard that you spoke about it so many times. I don't, uh, other than giving you, uh, making you more interesting and giving you character, I don't really know what, what that has to do with anything. So let's talk legality about this season diseased. And I heard other people got one and each person went to an attorney and kind of was told you can wipe your ass with this because each one was kind of a personal low blow on something that they had on this. They thought they had on this person. Now there's an attorney that signed this letter. It wasn't a fake letter, but it was certainly not a legally potent season disease. And I know that, and you know that my attorney knows that. Um, and the other people that got served, it, it was mainly an attempt at silencing everybody. And I've been watching a lot of what's been happening in the news lately. And uh, there's this account on Instagram called Diet Prada, who keeps on exposing this girl who's an influencer and has her own fashion line and is copying small owned businesses. And she slapped them with a seasoned disease and they exposed it and they talked about that being a slap suit s-l-a-p-p suit and what this is is it's a public person and i think you'll explain it better than me it's a public person trying to silence um pretty much criticism correct and their defense was well now there's very strict anti-slap laws and that exists also in new york um So can, can you elaborate a little more on that and on this, you know, legal silencing that people like this woman and like the other girl with deep pockets are attempting to do to the little people just living their life and having an opinion? Well, slap lawsuits are, you know, typically filed by big corporations that have deep pockets, that have money, um, that can basically file something um, you know, alleging defamation or, or something along those lines, getting some to get someone to stop um, criticizing them or commenting about them um, or what they would allege is spreading lies. But most states, including New York, have anti-slap statutes, which would give the person who's been who's had the complaint filed against them. You know, you can file a, you know a, a motion to dismiss. Um, because I, I think it does protect your freedom of speech. It's, you, you would have to basically show, though, um, you know, that it wasn't – there's a difference, I guess I should say, between the civil aspects this, of this and the criminal. I'm not right. exactly sure, based on what, what sh- the, her video uh, explanations have been versus what that letter is, um, you know, if someone's doing something criminal – cyberbullying, cyberstalking, things like that that she had thrown around. If someone's doing something like that, you don't send them a letter and say, stop committing crimes against me. I mean, that's more for civil action. Stop, you know, defamation against me or something. Right. Criminal, criminal cases um, where there actually has been a crime, you, you contact the authorities and they deal with it. So assuming that they're coming from this from a, a civil standpoint, um, because I'm assuming if they think that you had committed crimes, they would have went to the authorities. And since that didn't happen, I, I you know, I, I, filing a suit for something like that would be merely to attempt to silence you, which is why there's anti-slap statutes, um, because people have freedom of speech. And, you know, 
a lot of times, like I said, it's done by people who have money, and that's how they keep the bad reviews out. That's how they keep, you know, the gossip about their their products or their services. Um, and perhaps that's what's being threatened here. I don't know. I, I to tell you the truth, I don't know either because I'm not behind those accounts. I didn't collaborate with these accounts. I didn't feed them any information. But there is a lot on my grid, on my Instagram grid, about the constant, you know, like either copying or arresting at the beginning. I always shared that without saying her name. Um, and I felt like this was like a mass silencing kind of action against anyone and everyone she's had issues with. So I heard a lot of people got served with season disease without really knowing if they were behind these accounts. Um, but well, which is, which is interesting, once again, because you're supposed to typically describe the false statements and right. why they are false. There is nothing in your letter that states what statements have been made. I mean, they allege personal attacks, they allege attacks or whatever. But I mean, you have to specifically show that, you know, there are false statements. This is what we want you to stop saying. This is why you should stop saying it because it's false. And, this and they should have proof false. that I said it. Shouldn't they have like screenshots of me saying it, like actual proof that I've actually said it? Because that's, you know, that that's, I think this is where this becomes just pure speculation. This, the allegations were not written down because there's simply nothing that is proven. You know, I think well, that this is just going down a rabbit hole that's coming up empty. Well, I mean, I think, you know, people are speaking out because, like I said, there's strength in numbers um, and people are picking up on it and they're, you know, posting it on their independent pages and saying, hey, this is just a warning. And, and you know, and I think it's all coming down at once. And part of that is because, like we talked earlier, it had things been addressed initially, perhaps it wouldn't have come to this big head like this and I'm sure it's frustrating and she feels harassed and who wouldn't and no one should you know if they are personal attacks no one should deal with that however um, you know threatening to file lawsuits and sending cease and desist uh, is more a way of just getting people to be scared and worried about legal ramifications instead of addressing the problems I you know I didn't see anything in your letter about cyber bullying or stalking or anything that you had said I have no doubt, I'm not alleging that the fake accounts or the anonymous accounts that were attacking her, that probably did happen, but I don't know how they're going to link those to you. And like I said, exactly. you're, some cult, you're some cult leader and getting some people to do all this stuff on your behalf, I, you know, I don't know how they would link that with you. People are allowed to give their opinions on products. People are allowed to say, don't go to this restaurant. The service is terrible. People can say that. They can say that on social media. I mean, well, actually, this... You know this because I wanted to make sure that you had full disclosure on exactly what was happening, even things that, you know, don't pertain to me or have nothing to do with me. But we, you know, this is a space where obviously the gossip goes around and a lot of this is gossip and, right. you know, the drama goes around and this currently an account, she's a fashion blogger and the whole thing kind of fell on her lap and she is from New York and she has a huge platform and she kind of felt compelled to sharing a lot of what's happening. And she just shared today some rashes that people had and sent pictures and said, you know, this is the product. I got these rashes. I mean, 
And I'm like, people didn't have rashes on my behalf. Like, what the fuck? Like, this has nothing to do with me. I didn't have a stomach ache. I, you know, I didn't even talk about any of those, um, I want to say, symptoms that people are claiming to have had on this powder. And whether these people are real or not, this blogger who has this huge platform and is currently kind of like exposing it all, and she's doing it under her own name, She's been harassed for the past few days by that that company and by family members of the CEO and her husband and, you know, and she's exposing it all. And when you're saying, like, you're not the Charles Manson of this to me, I'm not. And also, like, I am not sending these people to this blogger to expose again. And this time it's not under fake accounts. Like, I'm wondering how, again, am I going to be blamed for what's happening? Like, people didn't have fucking rushes on my behalf. Right. Well, and, you know, in, in the defense of those people, if they're just stating what happened, they're allowed to give their personal account. They are allowed to give their opinion. Just like if I said I went to X, Y, and Z restaurant and it gave me food poisoning, I am allowed to say that. I could post that on my Facebook or my, you know, Instagram. So I, even no matter what these people are saying, if it's personal account. That, that's just what you subject yourself to when you sell a product, right? Not everyone's going to like it. It's not going to work for everyone. How about the person that publishes these accounts? Like, she, they're all asking to be anonymous. And obviously, I want to get to that because I know, I know some of the people that have had those experiences and don't want to speak up. And I understand they don't want to speak up. They, you know, this company and this woman have very deep pockets. She has no problem filing volatile lawsuits and dragging it for the longest time. And a lot of these people don't have money to pay for a retainer and have an attorney telling them that they will be okay and won't need to sell their house and sell their first child to pay for litigation. So at that point, silence seems a better option for these women. Now, coming on this podcast, I could not be myself until I did this podcast. I spoke very carefully with my friend Dara and she's my close friend. She's my confidant and she's also a very badass publicist in New York City. And she's very knowledgeable in the world of beauty, supplements, regulations and all of that. And I went to her and I said, Dara, I got this season disease. My lawyer says this is shit. Ignore it, whatever. Should I speak up? And she said, professionally, your product doesn't need you to speak up your clients your customers don't need you to speak up about this this is drama put it aside don't talk about it she goes but i know you because she knows me very well she said i know you need to speak up i know you're authentic and i know you need to come forward and tell your audience what's happening and that was exactly true and i was so tortured because she gave me friendly advice and professional advice and the professional advice was you know does your brand benefit from you sharing that this happened to you Probably not. But does your authenticity, you know, get him get impacted if you shut up? Absolutely. You'll feel like shit. So do what you think is right. And what I think is right at this point is that there's a lot of people that are being silenced. There's a lot of things that are tumbling down now with this COVID-19 period. A lot of things are coming to light. And I think it's super important to speak to these women who are so afraid to come forward, like stop sending anonymous messages to, you know, influencers with with huge platforms like there's also this account influencer truth that is, you know, literally exposing things about influencers that are not ethical or morally right. 
And, you know, people are counting on all these accounts to kind of do the dirty work for them. And at some point, like if you've had a huge rash on your fucking face and you ended up going to the hospital with an issue to your colon, you should be able to go on your page and talk about it. But they are afraid because they don't have money to pay $5,000 retainer to an attorney to protect them in case this woman with huge deep pockets and huge means, you know, coming after them for speaking up. What right. do you tell and, them? You know, I, I understand why they don't. I do. I mean, isn't that why, you know, women have, uh, women and, and people in general, I think, but are have been silenced for so long and don't speak up until there's others around them speaking up. But here's the thing with this situation, there are others speaking up now, um, you know, and, and people are taking it seriously. And, you know, it gives you more credibility the person who has the issue if they say this is who i am i took this and this is what happened to me i mean i don't there is no if you are being honest and truthful that is not defamation i mean and that's certainly not cyber stalking if you're not sending her a bunch of you know crappy harassing text messages or, or messages i mean the, the ramifications Maybe that, you know, someone may say, well, that didn't happen to me. Okay, great. Well, it happened to me, though. I think you need to find strength at this point to come forward and say, this is what happened. If you have an issue with it, talk to me. Um, then, then hide behind all the anonymity. But I understand that. It's easier for people to do that, not only because they're scared of, um, you, you know, they're scared of the, the lawsuits and stuff, but I also think people are scared of criticism. People yeah. don't want to post something and then a bunch of minions or whoever say, well, that's false. That didn't happen. That didn't happen to me. I, you know, people really um, have a hard time standing behind their criticisms and their opinions and their feelings. And um, I, I understand why it's that way, but it's extremely unfortunate because the more people who speak out and speak out honestly, the more the rest of us can, can decide what we want to believe and what the truth is. Um, but when everyone's doing all this stuff anonymously, it just gets nasty and it becomes a bunch of drama when really this all could have been cut off a long time ago, you know? I, yeah, I, I mean, my, you know, like I said to a few people who said, well, you have a huge platform, you have a big mouth, why don't you help these people? I'm like, you know, I'm competition for her she thinks but the thing is I have my own brand to worry about I have my own products integrity and transparency to worry about I'm not the right person for this I think this what this fashion blogger is doing right now is amazing and she's doing it because she's good people as followers that have followed her for years and years and years are hurting they don't have a voice and she's just taking this crusade on and I don't know how long she'll be doing it for but as far as I'm concerned the reason why I did this podcast was for two reasons one because I needed to speak up that someone was harassing me all this time and all the microaggressions I've been you know a victim of and I don't see myself as a victim at all but all the microaggressions she's tried to subject me to um, all the minions that have been sent my way and the boat accounts that have you know, insulted me, insulted my children. Um, and, you know, I forgot to say that my email um, account had an attempt, uh, cyber attack, an attempted cyber attack. At the same time, my Instagram account had 66 um, 
hacking at, uh, attempts as well. And I was not the only one. A bunch of the other people that have been, that they've attempted to silence um, have been subjected to similar things. So, you know, the, I mean, there's a lot of illegal stuff happening. So that was, that's why I needed to come on this podcast and say, you know what? Enough is fucking enough. I'm not going to shut up, but I'm not going to shut up about my own thing. I can't do the dirty work for these people. This is, you know, I have my business. I'm not an advocate. I do feel bad, but I do want to empower the women in my tribe. If they are those women who feel sorry and who feel bad and are scared to come forward, I wanted to give them an opportunity to be empowered by hearing what you have to say and the advice that you can give legally as far and and about this or about something else like I said rape being bullied by someone you know or your child being bullied how do you handle it like I just wanted to turn this around into an empowering podcast for women around us that are afraid to speak up about something I I I think that's great and I agree and I I think it gives people more credibility when they don't hide behind all that anonymity. Because as soon as it's anonymous, you know, all of us, it raises a suspicion, right? Like, uh, right. why aren't they telling me, you know, and I, and I, I think if you're, if you're willing to speak up and tell your story, why not do it under your real name? I, there, as long as you're telling the truth, your truth, even if it didn't happen to anyone else, it's not defamation. It's not cyber stalking. It's not, you know, and part of this, like I said, with, with you're a public figure. With public figures, um, it kind of just comes along with it, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a public figure, you know, but I may be on the news often or in the media. And you should see the comments people make. And I, because of attorney-client privilege, I cannot tell them to go to hell and, you know what I mean, and to exactly. shut the fuck up. But I would love to. But, you know, under articles and stuff, you know, with my name in it, I have no, I'm just the attorney. And it'll say you know, terrible things about me or, or you know, I, I hope, you know, how could she defend him? I hope that stuff happens to her son. And people are terrible, but I understand that that's kind of what happens when you're in a more public position, isn't it? I mean, you kind of just have to deal with it and say, fuck you. I know who I am. I know my product is good or my services are good and, and move on, you know? Yeah, I think if I agree with this woman on one thing, I would say, don't be anonymous. She said it, but I don't, you know, I don't think she puts her, her money where her mouth is because apparently these people that go anonymous now were blocked and were silenced. But if, you know, you want to make a true change, then maybe stop being anonymous and just, you know, move, like go forward. Like you said, the strength is in the numbers. Um, but I guess if this podcast can serve any purpose at all or the, other than, you know, a few people eavesdropping, looking for drama here, and there will be no drama because let me tell you, this is a way for me to just put this behind me and, you know, forewarn whoever that I know my rights, I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm not doing. Um, you know, I don't need to praise God and say God knows me and God knows if I'm a good person or not. I'm, I'm very transparent. If I have something to say, I'm going to say it. Um, but I also mind my own fucking business, uh, which is a lot. And I'm busy here in Monaco. So I guess what I want to end this on is say, you know, if you want to speak up, chances are legally you are allowed to speak up and you should. 
Exactly. And, you know, the whole greater aspect of this is women should support and defend women. We have been behind a substantial amount of, of years of time behind men, and we've been, you know, subservient and looked at as not as credible or not as accomplished or not as intelligent or not as good. And to see all this back and forth, and a lot of it, most of it, is women, is really just ugly and discouraging. Like, that, that's not how, what we should do. If you don't like something, state it and move on, you know, or if you do support it. But this back and forth and all that, like you said, we're all too busy for that. I, this, this drama and stuff it is really just ugly, and it makes women, it, it gives the perception of women like we have nothing better to do, Yeah, you know? Absolutely. I, I mean, it's it's an ugly look. You have your business. She has hers. And, and it, you know, if people like your products, great. I, I love your product, actually, by the oh, way. Thank um, you. But, well, and I will say, um, at one point, because, you know, it does take a while to ship from there, I thought, well, I'll just order the stuff off Amazon until I get the good stuff from Ingrid. Bad choice. <laughs> uh, uh, bad choice. Like a cheap pair of shoes <laughs> is a yeah. bad choice compared to an expensive pair. Um, yeah, that lasted about a day, and then I just waited for my, my shipment from you. So, but, hey, I've um, got news yeah. for you. You've got Nomad. Nomad is my Illinois um, retailer, and she's amazing. She's my friend, Erica. She has a gorgeous shop in Chicago, and she can ship to you. I will do. You know what, though? There's something about getting it from my and from you that just makes me feel fancy. <laughs> I love to it feel fancy. It is fancy. fancy. So, <laughs> I but like I mean, it. I like to feel fancy. But, I mean, if you run out, like, you can definitely – we're getting closer to everybody. And that's the amazing thing about that is that I only have retailers that are – female-owned small businesses, and all of them, all of these women have actually had a success story with Simply In Your Lane before bringing it to their little shops. And that is what I love about this. It's creating a, com a community, but it's, it's women empowering women and consuming from women. And I was saying yesterday, I was giving a shout out to one of my retailers in Aurora, Canada, and uh, from the Spine Stretch Studio. She she posted, you know, when I I started going public about this issue, she posted that, you know, my past is the reason she trusts me and loves me. And I have to give so much credit to all of my retailers and to all of my customers, you included, as a criminal defense attorney, to trust someone like me who's been accused of fraud and has gone to prison and to say, you know what, I'm going to give her my money and I'm going to trust and believe that. I'm going to get my shipment and I'm going to trust and believe that she will not harm my health. And for my retailers, I will trust and believe that she will help me make money. And that's, I give you guys a lot of credit. It's difficult well, to give someone who's been to prison a second chance. And I get that. I don't, I, I see it every day. So I think it's actually easier for me. I, in 20 years, I have found very, with hundreds of clients, very few people who are bad people. Most people are desperate people who do desperate things, which mm -hmm. is a lot what your situation, you didn't even know yours was going on, but, um, you know, I kind of knew, you know, I, I was desperate. I, I never want to say I didn't know at all. I knew there was, you know, some dysfunction in my operation and I kind of like turned my head the other way because I was desperate. Like you said, I, I wanted yeah. to pay my son's therapies. I wanted to get by. And, you know, I, I think that the reason the downfall in my case originally, even though I won my appeal, um, I, is that I 
should have known and I should have paid attention. But well, everyone, everyone could say that about something in their lives, right? I mean, most of the time, I think to myself, you know, it, the people who are sitting in court as defendants are just the ones that got caught. There's plenty of other of us out there who have done stuff and haven't gotten caught. And, you know, I think the fact that you're honest, you own it, and you say, yeah, this is what I had to do. I did it for my son. I think that gives you more credibility. Um, you're out there. We buy stuff from so many retailers. We don't know who's running it or what their criminal histories are. That's the fact true. that you're a more personalized business, um, you know, your stuff it would might be more exposed. Uh, but the fact that you own it, I give you a lot of credit for that. Plus, it makes you more interesting, and I actually trust you more. I don't. People who claim to be so good and never get in trouble, I think those are usually the shadiest people holding <laughs> the biggest secrets. I, I love do. that. Give us some last words of wisdom for all the women listening today. Well, I think, I know, as women, we are every bit as competent and intelligent um, and and better equipped, frankly, than men at most things. And to, to be able to speak out and say, yep, I am the only one, or I'm one of a few, or whatever it is, to speak out and say, this is it. This is what I'm telling the truth. If you don't believe me, fuck you. Um, I think that's empowering for all women when one person does that. And I think we have nothing to fear by standing up and doing that and being who we are. If you, if you, as long as you're who you are, if you want to, you know, I mean, I probably, I'm sure I get judged every day for my long nails and hair and all that mm -hmm. stuff, but I feel good. And when someone says something to me, but I know I'm my true self, it's just best. It, it's so much easier to say, well, I don't care if you don't like it or not. I think I look fabulous. You know, I, exactly. I, I think women just, women just should just own it. Because honestly, I mean, and I work with mostly men, right? Attorneys and yeah. cops and everything. Um, I feel like I could run the show better than most of them. <laughs> so You know, um, I, I think you can. And I think we can. I Like I was saying about this woman, uh, this public figure that I've you know, had issues with, I think if she was a little bit more professional and less emotional, um, I think it's wonderful to, that she's emotional, that shows her humanity and her human side. But I think that when we're dealing with business and especially a business like you that impacts people's lives. So you're a defense attorney. You impact someone's life tremendously. I work in the health and wellness business. I impact people's health and mindsets every day. And so does this woman because she's in the diet industry. It's the same thing. Right. When we impact people's lives, I think that we have a necessary obligation and responsibility to put our own emotions aside and to just try and look at it with, you know, complete clarity with our ego and emotions just aside. It would be so much better if it was that way. And I think that's why men have led up until now. It's because they're able to do that. I agree. And I think that's what, isn't that one of, you know, a man's biggest criticism of us is yeah. that, oh, they're so emotional, they're yeah. this, they're that. I try to be the complete opposite just because I never want that nonsense used against me, you know? I think, and I also think you don't get as personally hurt when you don't, you know, you don't get emotional and take things personally. Exactly. I, and it makes you more credible, I think. Um, and it's, you know, you have very masculine energy and I know I do as well. And I think that's, that's part of it. I think so. 
I mean, I yeah. think so, but I also think we're both very confident and sure in ourselves. And I think along with that kind of energy, you have to feel confident and sure. And I wish more women felt that way because women are a lot more badass than they give themselves credit for. What, what should someone do if they get a threatening message or a sort of season disease letter for speaking up? What, what should be their reaction? Should they freak out? I think it depends on what they've what they're alleging they've done. I mean, if it's someone who is sending a bunch of harassing messages and stuff, I think maybe you have something to worry about. But if you're simply, you know, put something on, you know, on the internet and say, you know, I I took this product and it did not work for me and here is why. I don't think you have anything to hide. Although I certainly think if you are concerned, you should call, you know, consult an attorney. In yeah, your consult an attorney. Of course, always, I'm going to tell you to go to an attorney, right? I mean, but, um, you know, if you haven't done anything, just like everything in life, then don't worry and keep doing you, you know? Perfect. It's a perfect way to end it. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to deal with such stupid shit. Um <laughs> Yeah, it, it's trivial when you think about it compared to the stuff that you deal with all day long. I mean, we had to interrupt the podcast because you had an emergency arraignment inside and that's someone's life we're talking about. It's not even like a real estate deal or, you know, a civil lawsuit. I So I really appreciate you taking the time to pay attention to this and kind of reassure us and inform us and empower, empower us. You're truly a girl's girl and... You look amazing. I love your nails. I love your hair. I love the fact that you probably throw them off. And, you know, once you up your game, they probably don't know what hit them. I'm pretty sure of that. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. I just love watching your stories. I love, I mean, I, I love everything about you. And I'm quite envious that you live in Monaco and stuff when I live in Illinois. Um, but I appreciate it. It was, a, I appreciate you tolerating um how nervous and a little bit intimidated I was at this. I can speak, you know, to a, a 12 person jury with no problem in person, but speaking to my phone, knowing I'm being recorded makes me a little nervous. So Aww. thank you. Well, there's no reason to, you did amazing. I can definitely tell you have some training. I love you. I thank you so much. I know everyone's going to love you. They can find you on Instagram at justice law you don't post a lot a lot obviously because of your business and because you're super busy but the little that you post I always enjoy it's always a beautiful picture of you or your son um so I hope everyone will follow you and will feel reassured that we have someone in our tribe who's as badass as you well thank you I appreciate it love you too have a good bye I hope you enjoyed this episode. I apologize in advance if you feel I've brought into I've brought some drama on. That is not at all my intention. Um I try to take the drama out of the situation as much as possible when sharing it with you, my audience. And I know some of the listeners on here are here for the drama and are here to hate and to judge. Um, and I guess that's okay. Like we were saying, it's, you know, the aspect of being a public figure, whether you're a small public figure or one with a wider audience, I guess it's part of it. And um, 
you know, I think that it was important for me to do this. I've spoken so much of my past. My past is not a secret. It has not defined me. But surely having a criminal past is not something easy to live with. Um, Living with a criminal past, you know, can affect your finances, the jobs you're getting. It affects your children. There was a time when I arrived in Monaco that Dylan was uninvited from a birthday party because one of the mothers had Googled me and found out that I had been to prison. It took me a long time to realize that owning it was better than feeling shame. It also weaponizes the past when you feel shame about it. I've certainly encountered a few scumbags that have tried to use my past. Miss Diet Guru in New York certainly has found this as my weakness as much as she's found my children to be my weakness and has attacked them as well. Um, And certainly a disgruntled ex-employee, a disgruntled former employee has been trying to use my past to discredit me and I guess conduct some unfair competition with some blatantly questionable practices. Um, and it sucks, but yeah, weak people, shitty people will try to use your past, no matter what your past is. And the best way to weaponize it in your favor, rather than them weaponizing it is to own it. This is not news. I have a criminal past. I will not let anyone use it against me to question my integrity And the way that I do this is by being transparent. I have no issue being transparent about it. It took me a long time. It's been 12 years. It took me a long time to understand how to not let anyone own my narrative. And whether it's a competitor or someone who thinks they're a competitor whether it's a nemesis who is jealous, whether it's a disgruntled employee who's upset she couldn't part ways with the company without, take, with, without taking a piece of the pie, no matter who it is, I will never let them use my past. My past is mine to use. Use it as my lesson. Use it as my drive. Use it as my reason for being ethical and have integrity. My past has very much defined why I thrive so much to prove my integrity because I don't want to be judged for it. And not because I'm afraid of judgment. I don't care what people think of me, but I do care that they try to treat me badly on the sole um, reason that I have such a colorful past. No one should treat you badly because of your past. You certainly have paid your dues and you certainly have treated yourself badly by your actions. And I'm talking about myself, of course, including myself in this. So for anyone listening that has a past, own it 
anyone listening that has a present that someone may use as a weapon, weaponize it by owning it. No matter what it is, don't let a secret, don't let a past, don't let any type of leverage on your narrative. This is where you're giving power to someone who certainly shouldn't have it. Anyone trying to weaponize your past or your secrets or whatever it is, is a piece of shit. And that's on them, sure. But in my case, for example, this could hurt my children. Competition is healthy. I have no problem with a disgruntled employee or someone, you know, being competition. But be clean about it. You don't need to use my past. Go fuck yourself. Go be successful. As long as you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. But if you don't leave me alone, I'll fuck with you. I'm going to end this with a quote from one of my best friends, my bestest friend, Lauren Everts Bostick of The Skinny Confidential said, if you don't have a colorful past, you're fucking boring. So on this note, don't be boring. Sending you so much love. Bisou bisou from Monaco. Oh, wait, one more thing. If you were worried about my hormone balance and hypothyroidism podcast not coming out, I'm sorry that I had to push off the launch of that episode just to fit this one in. It was important that I own this story and the narrative immediately as it's happening. The podcast about hypothyroidism and hormones hormonal balance will air in the next few days. No worries about that. I will deliver on my promise. So then again, peace to be from Monaco.